Welcome to the Doctority Plastic Surgery Podcast. My name is Jenna, and in this series, I'll be speaking to plastic surgery residents and giving you an inside look at what it's like to train at their institution. We'll discuss the logistics, the leadership, and the lifestyle of a plastics resident at their program. Today, I'm speaking with Dr. Jennifer Fligger, who's a third-year resident at University of California, Irvine. Jen is originally from Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida. She completed college at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and medical school at Northwestern University. Some of her research interests include breast reconstruction, microsurgical training, and perioperative optimization in cleft palate repair. Jen, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jenna. Thanks for that introduction. Well, thanks for being here. So I'd love to start by hearing kind of a broad overview about your program. Sure. So the UCI, University of California, Irvine Plastic Surgery Program is a six-year fully integrated plastic surgery program located in Orange County, California. So we rotate through Long Beach, Orange, Newport Beach, some of the most sun-soaked, beautiful, amazing places in the country, in my opinion. One of the biggest strengths of our program is the huge volume of plastic surgery that you see from the get-go. Intern year, we spend five months on plastic surgery altogether. Four of those months are at our university hospital, UCI, and one of those months is at the VA. It's kind of a shared rotation between plastic surgery and anesthesia, but you're spending most of your time with the plastic surgery team. And then of the remaining months, several of them are sort of plastics adjacent specialty rotations, such as ortho hand, oculoplastics, where you're doing a heavy concentration of eyelid reconstruction and blepharoplasty, and surgical oncology, where we're operating on skin cancers and breast cancers. So five of your months are truly plastic surgery. And then of the remainder, a lot of them are very relevant to your plastic surgery training. So I loved my intern year. I had an absolute blast. I didn't want it to end. I was like the happiest intern ever. And then in your second and third years, you get another six months each year of plastic surgery. So in the second year, four of those are on the combined orthoplastics hand service. And two of them are at our children's hospital doing pediatric and craniofacial plastic surgery. And then third year, you get another six months on plastic surgery, four at the VA and two more at the children's hospital. So you're hearing that we're spending half of our year on plastic surgery rotations in the first three years, you know, five months into a year and six months each second and third year. And then years four through six are entirely devoted to plastic surgery. So your plastic surgery residents from the get-go, I've enjoyed that so much in my junior years and can't wait to be fully committed starting next year. What's the experience like when you're on some of the non-plastics rotations? I've had a really positive experience. I feel like the general surgery residents and faculty hold us in very high regard and have high expectations of the plastic surgery residents. And they go out of their way to schedule us to cover cases that are more relevant to our education. So if there are choices between, uh, you know, a laparoscopic surgery and a breast surgery, they really try to schedule us for the breast surgery and they'll take the laparoscopic surgery. So they're working hard to make sure that we're all getting education that's relevant to our interests, which I really appreciate. I'll kind of start by talking about our main hospital just because it's where we spend kind of the bulk of our time and it's our heavy plastic surgery rotation. So that's UCI. It's our university hospital. It's located in Orange, California. It's a level one trauma center with a huge catchment area and a high volume of trauma. 
There's a helipad that can bring in patients by helicopter from far away. And we really see a huge diversity of cases there. So everything from hand trauma, facial trauma, complex reconstruction, burn, it's a burn center, anything you can imagine we see at UCI. We also have a VA, it's located in Long Beach. So this is our opportunity, like many or most residencies, to care for those who've served our country, which is really important to me. And we get to see a really wide variety of cases. We do lots of carpal tunnel, trigger finger, and lump and bump cases that are really great for juniors to take the lead and have a little more surgical autonomy. And then there are more involved cases like breast surgery, brow lifts, neck lifts, blepharoplasty. And those are great opportunities for the more senior residents to develop their own operative plan, present it to the attendings, and really take the lead on those cases. And of course, the attending's always there to help and guide and teach. But it's a great chance for the seniors to really get a chance to say, hey, I want to actually try this approach if that's okay. And they really like that experience. And then the other great thing about RVA that's a little bit unique is that we have a spinal cord institute that takes care of veterans that have spinal cord injuries, often from combat. And while we don't carry those patients on our service, we do a lot of reconstructive flaps for pressure ulcers that develop which are really important to learn. It's uh, you know, an important part of plastic surgery and we can really make a difference in their lives and their recovery and their comfort. The third site I'll talk about is my favorite site to rotate at. It's the Children's Hospital of Orange County or CHOC. This is an amazing children's hospital. I know all children's hospitals are great, but <laughs> this one is especially awesome. We do all kinds of pediatric plastic surgery. We do mandibular distraction, cranial vault reconstruction, tons of cleft lip and palate surgery, brachial plexus surgery for brachial plexus birth injuries, which is extremely interesting, congenital hand surgery, and really any other type of pediatric surgery that you can imagine for pediatric plastic surgery. It's such a happy place. I love the attendings that we work with there. I absolutely love the kids. The nurses are amazing. It's it's just a really happy place to be. I don't even mind college shock because everyone's so wonderful that, you know, if, if I get called in the middle of the night to go see a cute little kid, that's not so bad. We also rotate at Long Beach Memorial Medical Center and we do two different rotations there. We rotate there with general surgery and also get to do pediatric surgery. So pediatric general surgery, lots of appendectomies and, and other pediatric cases. And we also rotate there in our more senior years on the plastic surgery rotation. And that's an amazing experience for our seniors where they get exposure to both reconstructive and a lot of cosmetic plastic surgery. So they're doing rhinoplasties, facelifts, breast dog, abdominoplasties, cleft palates, breast recon, everything you could want. It's kind of the bread and butter full breadth of general plastic surgery. And I was just talking to one of my seniors last night and she's having a blast, absolutely feeling like she's gaining so much experience and really getting some mastery of those bread and butter cases. And then the last site I'll mention, sorry, it's a long list of sites, but this this is probably the favorite one that I've heard about so far, and I can't wait for this to be my chance to rotate. But we go to Newport Beach Surgery Center, which is a cosmetic rotation with community private practice plastic surgeons in Newport Beach. And this is a chance to really hone in on kind of the finer techniques of these cosmetic cases, like rhinoplasties, face lifts, breast augmentation, et cetera. And the residents just love it. They, you know, it's your chance to really be a sponge, 
kind of finish up your technique before you graduate. And in my opinion, whether you want to go into cosmetic practice or if you want to do a fully academic reconstructive practice, hand surgery, anything, gaining that perspective and those techniques makes you a better surgeon. So I'm, I'm really grateful that we have that experience. Since we're already talking about it, can you break down like when you do those rotations, the more of cosmetic focused ones? I think one feature that makes our program stand out is how early and frequently you're exposed to cosmetic surgery. So even as an intern, I was getting the chance to scrub into facelifts, mommy makeovers, breast augmentations, abdominoplasties. And that's because we have cosmetic cases that come through our university hospital. And then we also have adjunct faculty who bring their cosmetic patients to our university hospital on Saturday mornings. So whatever residents are on call that weekend, including the intern and whatever seniors on call, get to scrub in and cover those cases. And it's really awesome. It's like a, a total treat that kind of pays for any calls that you get over that weekend. And then we get kind of more exposure on the more cosmetic rotations later on in the senior years. So that Long Beach Memorial bread and butter plastic surgery rotation I talked about is in the fifth year. And then you spend more time there doing those similar cases in your sixth year, as well as that Newport Beach rotation in the sixth year. And then also in the chief year, there's a cosmetic clinic where the chiefs get to see their own patients, develop their own operative plan, and take the lead on cosmetic cases of their choice. I know that's something that exists at a lot of programs, but I think it's really important to be able to kind of have your own patient and make your own plan and really take the lead on those cases before you graduate. And for those sites in the senior years, do you know how many months you spend per year? Yeah, the Long Beach Memorial rotation in the fifth year is four months. And then the chief year is, it's, I think it's only a couple months in the chief year. And then the Newport Beach Surgery Center is a couple more months. So altogether, it's a, it's a good amount of time, along with the cosmetic cases that you're already seeing at UCI. So it seems like there are no independent residents, correct? Correct. We're a fully integrated program. We had three residents a year and no independent residents at this time. Mm -hmm. Do you have any fellows at any of the sites? So the only fellows we work with are our combined ortho plastic surgery hand fellows. These are the fellows who work with us on our fully integrated hand team. They help us out when we're on call. We actually kind of report directly to the fellow, help check our plan with them. And then we work with them in the OR as well and in clinic. And they're a great asset. They love to teach. They're really interested in, in helping us and helping us learn and develop. And we have such a high volume of hand surgery that I have never felt that they're getting in the way of my learning or taking my place in the OR when I would want to be doing more. And we have no other fellows. And I think that's really important. We don't have microsurgery fellows. We don't have craniofacial fellows. So you're the one first assistant. If you're the senior on that service, or even if you're the junior and there's another case, you're the one who gets to assist. There's not a fellow who's kind of taking your place in the OR. And I think that's really awesome. Can you tell me a bit about what call is like at the different sites? So call is, it's kind of a necessary evil of residency, but you know, in my opinion, it can really help to lean into the learning experience of it. So for me, it's been a way to really take ownership of some procedures, really take pride in what I do and do a nice, beautiful job. 
but you still want it to be manageable. You don't want to be doing it all the time. And I think that our residency does a great job of making it manageable. So with a few exceptions, you're generally only covering one institution at a time. So you're either covering the Children's Hospital or UCI or Long Beach Memorial. There are some times when you may be kind of cross-covering, but if that's the case, it's usually one heavy site and one site where it's really unlikely that you'll get called. But I think that's important because it's it's almost never the case that you'd be driving back and forth between different sites in one night. It would be totally overwhelming. So you're covering one place at a time, and it's it's a pretty manageable schedule. It's kind of, you know, the way it's organized, it would be too complicated to try to describe exactly how it's broken down. But you take sort of graduated independence over the various years. So juniors do take call, but often early on, it's buddy call with another senior. So you kind of get to learn the ropes. If something is a little bit more complex, they can come in and help you with a procedure. Or if you're able to handle it yourself, but just want to run a question by a senior, you can give them a call. They'll talk things through with you. And then as you get more senior and more independent, you're able to handle the call yourself and you don't need that buddy system. But we always have a resident on backup. So if if it becomes way too busy, there's way too high volume, there's always a backup to come in and help. And I think one of the best things about our program is how supportive everyone is of each other. And I've heard on more than one occasion and seen with my own eyes on at least one occasion that when call does get bad, those backups do step in. And even people who aren't scheduled on backup step in and everyone reaches in to help each other when when the going gets tough. And that's what makes residency doable and even fun is when everyone's looking out for one another and just doing what it takes to get the job done and make sure that everyone's okay. That's what makes the team run. So call is fine. It happens. And, and the schedule is totally manageable. And what's the mid-level support like? So we have a wonderful nurse practitioner, Lindsay, who helps in our clinic, but we don't have mid-level support on the inpatient side or in the ORs. I personally think that that's a benefit because we're the ones closing, we're the ones assisting rather than a mid-level being in the OR. But on the flip side, we don't have that support to do things like help with notes and help with floor tasks. So it's a give and take. Are there any opportunities for electives, either ones that you would choose like at your institution or times when you could go away for a rotation? We don't have electives at this time. Or how about any opportunities for global rotations or trips? Yes. So we have a really amazing global surgery experience. Our fifth year's travel to Changgung Memorial Hospital in Taiwan for two weeks and they have the opportunity to work with some true masters of plastic surgery, including Dr. Fu Chan Wei, who is one of the fathers of microsurgery. And it's a really amazing experience. Often our residents schedule additional vacation time so that they can visit other countries nearby. Some have their spouses come join. It's truly a once in a lifetime experience and everyone looks forward to it. Uh, unfortunately, due to COVID, the past couple of years have been awash. So we're all anxiously awaiting the return of that rotation, and I'm really hopeful and, and pretty certain that it will be back in action by the time I'm in my fifth year. And is there any exposure to gender affirmation surgery? We do do gender affirmation surgery. At this time, it's top surgery. We don't do any bottom surgery. 
And there's also some facial feminization surgery that's starting to build up in our program. And can you tell me about the research experience? We don't have a dedicated research here, but we do have a couple of rotations that are either wholly or partly set aside for research. And it is definitely possible to be productive in research throughout the residency. All of our residents are involved in research and writing, and that includes clinical research, writing book chapters, and participating in more translational research. And that's often through our Center for Tissue Engineering Laboratory. This is an awesome, super innovative lab. It works on projects like ear cartilage framework development, micro nanobubbles for wound oxygenation and healing, acellular and cellular matrices, development of medical devices. And it's really easy for residents to get involved in projects and to have support from medical students and other researchers to participate in some really interesting and cutting edge scientific inquiry. So if you're interested in the bench work part, you can do it, get your hands dirty. If you're not as interested in the bench work side or you're in a busier year of the residency, there are researchers and medical students who want to be doing that part and have the time to do that part. And you can kind of provide the clinical insight and the clinical guidance. And it's an awesome collaboration. And it's always amazing to hear what they're working on in that lab. We have regular journal club and research club meetings where an attending opens their home to the residents and faculty and interested medical students. And we discuss interesting papers from recent literature and we troubleshoot the projects we're working on and we eat good food and enjoy each other's company. And those are really awesome discussions. And then kind of relevant to research, we have the opportunity to attend a conference every year. So in the intern year, it's an intern boot camp that helps to prepare for residency. And then in the following years, it's conferences like ASPS or PSRC. And we have $1,000 per year that can help to cover the associated ex expenses. So like the conference fees themselves or the travel. You get to go to those conferences regardless of if you're presenting or not? Correct. We're encouraged to target our conference for that year as we're submitting abstracts and publications. So the goal is that you are presenting at your assigned conference, but yes, either way you get to go. Is there any support available if you do, you know, submit and are accepted to other conferences? Basically, we have this stipend and it's sort of to use at your own discretion. So if you get accepted to multiple conferences or have another conference that you're interested in, you can use that stipend to also go towards that and travel to that conference. But the stipend is, is made flexible so that if you don't go to a second conference, you can also use it for other things that are academic related. And I kind of like that flexibility. Are there any other fun perks about your program you'd like to share? Sure. So the academic stipend, you know, as I mentioned, you can use it for conferences and you can use it for other things, but those other things are pretty broad. So I used it to purchase loops. Most people use it to purchase loops at some point. You can put it towards a headlamp. You can put it towards figs, scrubs, textbooks, kind of anything you want. And then we have an additional thousand dollars every year to cover testing and licensing. So each year you're getting that $2,000 and that really helps to cover just about anything that you would need academically. We have a food stipend at all of our sites that helps to cover our food. And at some of the sites, there is like a surgeon's lounge that has free food and free snacks. And that's awesome too. We have a housing stipend that has actually recently increased because of our union's efforts. 
And we also have a microsurgery course, which I guess I would count as a perk. This is a really awesome session where you're kind of taken off of your rotation. You're fully devoted to the course for a few days. The attendings are walking you through microsurgery technique, and it's a really great way for the residents to hone their skills. This used to be later in the residency in the fifth year, and we've moved it earlier because we were finding that we were getting lots of microsurgery exposure before doing our microsurgery course. (laughs) So the attendings recognized that and decided to give us exposure to sort of these technical education earlier on. So now we do it in our fourth year. What area of plastic surgery would you say residents come out with the strongest experience in? I think our experience is really broad and pretty balanced. And I would be hard pressed to say that there was any deficit at all or any area that's truly heavier than others. Our residents have gone into a wide variety of specialties after graduating, um, microsurgery, hand surgery, Many do go into community private practice, so they're doing more cosmetic surgery, but I think most residents would say that they feel pretty strong across the board. And how does your program kind of manage and develop resident autonomy? A lot of this comes with with you proving yourself in the OR and on the floors and demonstrating your mastery of both patient care and then operative skill. The attendings take into account what you've demonstrated and they kind of give you the operative autonomy that you've earned, I would say. So kind of early on, our attendings talk to us a lot about ways to show that we're paying attention and that we're ready. So demonstrating that we know how to do the draping exactly the way the attending likes or that we know what things to have ready in the OR so that when the attending walks in, the case is totally ready to start smoothly preparing an operative plan in advance and emailing it to the attending. These are all ways that we can show that we've thought carefully about the case. We've seen this case done before and we're ready to take a more active role. And I think the attendings have been really responsive to that. And they do a great job of kind of giving graduated independence as each resident is ready. So it's by no means, you know, based on your resident level, though that certainly is a contributor. It's kind of as each person is ready for the next step and the next level of independence, they receive it. And how would you improve your program? We're a very busy program, especially at our university hospital. So sometimes it feels almost too busy where it's hard to cover all of the cases and take care of the patient load. And that's something that we're actually working on this year. So we reached out to our faculty and let them know that it's, it's such a busy service. We need more help. And they've already responded and have been working on modifying the schedule to make sure that we have an additional resident on that service at all times. That would be the biggest improvement that I would be looking for, and and they're fixing it now. So now to transition a bit to talk about your program leadership, can you tell me about your chief and your PD? Our chair is Dr. Gregory Evans. He is amazing. He's such a well-known name in the field, and he's incredibly well-connected. We joke that he's always, always traveling, and he goes to international conferences really all over the world to talk about plastic surgery and knows plastic surgeons all over the world. And I think that's really amazing. And he has so much experience with microsurgery as well as all kinds of plastic surgery, and I just, I love working with him. 
He's kind of a force of nature in plastic surgery. Our program director is Dr. Amber Lease. She's also amazing. She's kind of the epitome of a badass female plastic surgeon. She has expertise in hand surgery, and I absolutely love watching her work. She's very slick, very smooth, has amazing bedside manner, and I'm always paying close attention to kind of all of those little details that she does to make her work so smooth and to make her patients love her because they do absolutely love her. And she's very attentive to Arnie's resonance as well. She's always listening to us. She's always very approachable, very available. And I think we're really lucky to have her. And what kind of a role do residents make in department decision making? I'd say residents are very involved with regards to hiring new residents. The more senior residents actually participate in the interview process. So they're either in the rooms with faculty or in their own rooms. And then those of us who aren't directly interviewing, we we kind of have a resident lounge where we spend time with the interviewees during our interview process. So some of us are there and not in the interview rooms, but we still have a say. So we can talk to the faculty, talk to the more senior residents, and then those that we know better that we've seen on sub-internships, et cetera, you know, we, we can talk to the faculty about what we've seen, what we like, what we think strengths of applicants were. So we definitely have an active role in shaping the future of our residency. And can you tell me more about the relationships amongst the residents? I love my co-residents. I think we have a really cohesive, amazing team. I've gone hiking with my co-residents, gone out to dinner. We do a lot of things together and we actually genuinely like each other. One of the things that really builds the relationship between residents is that we have a couple of rotations that are sort of pair rotation. So it's a second year and a fourth year or a third year and a fourth year. And these are awesome times to get really close to someone, really build a great friendship and get really great mentoring from a resident who's just a little bit more senior than you. So at our children's hospital and also at the VA and on our hand service, a more junior resident is paired with a more senior resident. And that gives you the opportunity to kind of in a low pressure way, really develop your skills and learn kind of one-on-one with the mentorship of a senior. And and I kind of talked a little bit earlier about how we always step in to help each other. We're, I think we're a really team-focused bunch, and I think that's something that's awesome about our program. And so what are some of the qualities of a person who would fit well in the residency? Definitely a team player. I keep talking about that, but but it really means something here. We want someone who is really looking to help the team, um, will do what needs to be done no matter what level they are, whether they're a chief or an intern, someone who looks and sees that something needs to be done and just does it, someone who's curious and eager to learn, and definitely someone who puts the patient first and always does the right thing to be a good doctor. I think that's something that I've seen all the way through in my seniors and in, and in my juniors and in the residents my year. Everyone seems to be really thinking hard about what will benefit the patient most and what they can do to advance that goal. And does your program have any experience with IMGs or like other non-traditional residents? I don't think so. So now I'd love to hear a bit about the like logistics of how residents live. So do most own or rent? 
the vast majority of our residents rent, I would say. It's a pretty expensive place to live, but not as expensive as some other places. We're not San Francisco, we're not New York City, but it's not cheap either. It is possible to buy. At least one of our residents owns their property. You pretty much have to have a car. Southern California is a driving area. I don't think you can do it without a car. I don't think there's any way. But for me, that's okay. I actually really relish my time in the car. My commutes are never that long. I can get to the children's hospital in like 10 minutes, the university hospital in 15 minutes, the VA in like 20 to 25 minutes. I'm not spending tons of time in the car. And like I said, when you're on call, you're not going back and forth between different sites. So I don't find that a very big deal at all. And do you take in-house call or is it home call? Most of our call is home call. All of our plastic surgery call is home call. Some of our general surgery call is in-house, but the vast majority is, is home call, which is really nice because you can get a chance to go home, eat something, shower off, and maybe or maybe not go back in. Where do most of the residents live in relation to the different sites? I would say the majority of our residents live in Long Beach, which is super gorgeous. I recently saw where some of our more junior residents lived because we were on our Zoom interview. So I was kind of able to see their beautiful balconies and their beautiful views of the water. And I'm a little bit jealous that I'm not out in Long Beach now because it, it looks so wonderful. It's, it's a gorgeous place with paddleboarding. You can easily get a great place that's near the water with walking access to the beach. So that's where a lot of our residents actually choose to live. Some of our residents, including me, live in Irvine, which is kind of a more suburban feel, I would say. I have a family, so it works out well for me and for where my husband works. We have at least one resident who lives in Newport Beach. So I guess what I'm trying to get at is that there are lots of different places that you can live and easily access all of our sites. And the different places you can live kind of have different feels based on what your family situation or what you're looking for. Can you give me the breakdown of residents being single, married, and or having kids? We have a really good mix. We have three residents right now who are parents. A number of our residents are married. And then a good number are also single. So no matter what your situation is, there are other residents who are in our program who are in the same family or relationship situation. So I think that's really great. It makes it easier to connect with, with somebody in the program. We're a pretty diverse bunch. Can you tell me a bit about the ways that the program like supports people starting families or with children? I can speak a little bit personally because I very recently had a baby and Dr. Lise was very receptive to what I might need and to me taking a little bit of time off. And the university was very financially supportive. I, I got paid in some way for the entire time that, that I was off and I don't have to make up any of my residency time. And everyone was excited for me. All of the attendings, all of the residents, the residents stepped in and kind of helped me with some of my call as I became really, really pregnant at the end, which was so wonderful and I'm so grateful. And then when I came back, everyone was really supportive of things like, like me taking time to go pump and maybe show up to the OR about five minutes late. No one has given me a hard time. Everyone's just been really excited and supportive. So I think that's really amazing. And I really appreciate that our program has responded that way to 
a resident starting a family. And I think that's something to look for. Beyond the beautiful sunny weather, and I'm sure the beach and the ocean and all those lovely things, what else do you like about living where you live? Oh, gosh. I mean, that's perk number one is the beautiful sunny weather. I can't tell you how good it is for your mental health and your well-being to be able to step outside middle of a busy operative day and stand in the sun in 75 degree weather. It's amazing. It really makes a big difference. But when I'm not at work and I have time off, I, I like to swim and bike and run. And Southern California is a biker and runner's paradise. There are trails for miles. You can run and bike about as far as you could possibly go. I actually joined a, a cycling club, the Irvine Bicycle Club. So I was biking around in a Peloton with a lot of middle-aged, wonderful Irvine residents. And I love that. It was a great way to connect with my community. A lot of us love to hike and we have amazing hiking that is really accessible. Within an hour, you can be totally in the mountains and it looks like you're in a different state. It blows me away absolutely every time. You can get to skiing pretty quickly. We have Big Bear and Mammoth that are two ski mountains that are pretty close by. And then if you want to travel a little bit farther, you can always go to Lake Tahoe. And then a couple of our residents love paddleboarding. And Long Beach is like the most beautiful place to paddleboard. One of our residents actually did interviews from her paddleboard this year and set up her camera on her paddleboard. And it was so awesome. But anything you could want to do, you can do year round here because of the amazing weather. And and you can go skiing and do winter things because it's so close by. It's you know, I've never lived anywhere like California. It's amazing. So I think that's pretty much everything I wanted to talk about today. Any final thoughts either on your program or on the general process of choosing a residency? It's such a tough process. I'm so happy that I don't have to do it again. The process of interviewing and matching, it's a lot of stress because it's a long time. You know, programs are six to seven years of your life. It feels so important and it is, but just try to keep in mind choosing somewhere where you think you'll be happy, where you think you'll fit in with the residents and where when you do have time off, you can really enjoy yourself and relax and fill up your cup. That's the advice I would give. And, and if you want to learn more about our residency, you can find us on Instagram at UCI Plastic Surgery Residency. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today, Jen. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Doctority Plastic Surgery Podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing to our show via your favorite podcast service and following us on Instagram and Twitter. For more podcast episodes and residency information, check out our website, doctority.co. That's doctority.co. We love feedback from listeners, so please contact us through the website or through social media with your questions or suggestions. See you next time.